Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Come on, is anybody fired up in church today? Yes. You know, we, we, we have 82 people up in next steps right now in that fast track. This, this little host room is crowded with people. Now, they do have bacon and eggs, by the way. I'm just saying. How many know? Yeah, some of you are like, Pastor, why you didn't bring bacon and eggs down to the sanctuary? Well, you got to be a part of next steps. Sorry. But it's amazing to see what God is doing in the church. And I just want to say thank you for taking the journey with us at HPC. I love what God is doing in this place. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. And we are kicking off a two-part series called, Do You See What I See? Mm-mm-mm. Do you do you see what I see? Y'all feeling that? Y'all feeling that? For, for some of you, I just ruined your Christmas, didn't I? <laughs> do you see what I see? We're going to take today and next Sunday and, and talk about the Christmas narrative through the eyes of those who are closest to it. Now, you know, when you think about the Christmas story, and, and for most of, it, most of us, it is very familiar. Uh, maybe you're, you're new to church, you're new to the Bible, and this may be new information for some of you, but for most of you, you're very familiar with the story, the characters, and how this thing plays out. I mean, we, we know Jesus is the central piece in all of it. Uh, Mary is a, is a prominent figure. We're, we're going to talk about Mary next week. Uh, we know that there are wise men. There are shepherds, there are angels, and all these things that happen. But today, I want to help you see the Christmas story through one of the unsung heroes. We're going to talk about a guy that doesn't get a lot of press. He's kind of a little forgotten, maybe an afterthought in the Christmas narrative. He doesn't have millions of followers on Instagram. He's not a, a, a social media influencer. He didn't sign any NIL contracts, name, image, and licensing. He's not making money off of his influence. It's a guy named Joseph. And the title of the message this morning is simply this, Joseph, did you know? Joseph, did you, Joseph, did you know? That your wife-to-be has someone else's baby. (laughs) Joseph, did you know your relationship is getting kind of shady? Did you know? Are you feeling this right now? How many things I should try out for the Christmas production? Anybody feeling that? Doug, where are you? Doug, just give me a chance to be in the choir. Just ask for one chance. How many know worship leaders are wanting to be preachers and preachers are trying to sing in the choir? I'm going I'm to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. We'll talk about Mary next week. Today's Joseph. Joseph didn't have a clue. Joseph didn't know. But guess what? He's about to find out. 
Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 18. The Bible says this, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged. Somebody say engaged. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, okay, underline that in your Bible. This is kind of important. It may feel a little awkward to talk about this in church, but the Bible says while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that is a little different. Never happened before. Ain't ever going to happen again. Come on, somebody. I, I, I love what God does. You see, no other book on the planet does what the Bible does. How many know this is his story? It's history, but it's his story. It's his narrative. He's writing this thing out. He's scripting it, and he's using whatever, however, whoever, whenever for his purposes. Bible says she was pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, engagement, just some context. Engagement in ancient days, it was a legally binding Jewish custom that lasted for about a year before marriage. Now, the couple lived separately, but they were, they were married contractually. It was more like a, 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 it was a, a legal understanding. It's a little different than engagement today. Um, the only way for the engagement to be broken was through death or divorce. So it was a little more committed than what we experience in our culture today. But they weren't married. They, didn't, they were not intimate. They didn't have any physical relationship. And the Bible says that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now, at this point, Mary had yet to share her experience, her conversation with the angel, she didn't share that with Joseph. Uh, now, many of you know the Old Testament penalty for adultery was death by stoning. And I'm sure some of the leaders of that day would have gladly stoned Mary for her indiscretion. Can you imagine just for a moment, can you imagine what that first conversation between Mary and Joseph was? I could just, in my mind, I'm seeing, jo now remember, Joe is a carpenter. They're, they're engaged. Joe's probably building their house. Joe's been busy. I mean, two by fours and scaffolding and measuring, spending hours preparing for their, for their home. They're, they've got their whole future, their whole life in front of them. And Mary sends Joe a text and says, can you meet me at Starbucks for coffee? <laughs> She's wanting to do this conversation kind of in a public setting so he doesn't trip out in private and kill her dead. Can you imagine, I mean, Joe shows up to the coffee meeting. He's excited. Man, that boy's been working, planning, preparing. Their whole future, their whole life was in front of them. And Mary says, Joe, I'm pregnant, and he's not yours. There's silence. Joe's like, what? Who, who's the dad? She says, the Holy Spirit. Amen. He says, the Holy who? Are you, are you sure that's coffee you're drinking, Mary? 
what, what are you talking? Now listen, we know the story forwards and backwards. We have the advantage of looking back and seeing the details and how God orchestrated every moment. But I want you to see today, I want you to feel what Joseph's feeling. His world is turned upside down. Does anybody know what that feels like? Anybody wake up with a plan in the morning and by noon, your plans had totally changed. I want you to feel the shock, the, 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 the confusion. I mean, Joe's an ordinary guy. He's just doing his thing. And all of a sudden, he gets blindsided. How many of you know bad news is not always going to show up when you plan for it? A crisis never happens between 9 and 5. It's always after hours, unexpected, unwelcome. And this is the reality that Joseph steps into. Sometimes we preach Christmas, and it's nice and cozy, and it's clean, and it's sanitized, and it's stained glass, and oh. I'm telling you what, this was a mess. Can anybody identify? How many has ever walked through a messy situation in your family? Oh, only three of you are being honest today. Don't act like you got all your stuff together just because you're up in church. We know that you are broke down somewhere in some part of your life. God knows it. Everybody deals with mess. There's dysfunction and brokenness and pain that's present in every family. Can somebody help me preach this Sunday? And this is what I love about Jesus because he doesn't choose perfect people. Mm -mm. Perfect people aren't allowed to be a part of the story. You see, he chooses ordinary people. He chooses people that are sometimes confused, people that, that are shocked and betrayed and disappointed. He chooses people whose life doesn't always make sense. Mm, this is what I love about Jesus. And God says, I'm going I'm to choose Joseph and Mary, and I'm just going to show up right in the middle. Sometimes when God shows up in your life, he makes a mess of things. Mm, anybody feeling better about themselves right now? See, you've been blaming the devil on some of that stuff. Maybe it's God at work, and you don't even know it. Oh, can I tell you this? Sometimes good things have to fall apart so even better things can come together. Woo, I felt the Holy Ghost on that. Joe had his plans, but the Holy Spirit was coloring outside the lines of what Joe had planned. What do you do when your life doesn't work out as you've planned it to? See, Joe didn't know, but he was about to find out. I love Joseph. He's, he, to me, he's one of the central figures that makes all of this happen. You'll see that, that he's not just some little tag-along afterthought. You know, thank God for the wise men and the shepherds and the angels and Mary. We're going to talk about Mary next week. Praise God for all of that. But this thing couldn't happen without Joe. I want to give you three things about Joseph that I think are going to help you. Look at the next verse in verse 19. The Bible says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. The first thing I want you to see about Joseph, number one, is his character. His character. He didn't want to disgrace her or shame her publicly, so he decided to be quiet and break off the engagement. It says something 
about his character. You know, Joseph could have taken Mary to court and had her publicly shamed and ridiculed. But instead, he brings dignity to her. Whew, this is good. This is so good. He brings dignity to Mary by handling it privately. Now, what's Joseph going to do with this new information? Hey, Joe, I'm pregnant. You're not the dad, but the Holy Spirit has, has conceived this child inside of me. What is Joe going to do? Have you ever been at a moment in your life when you thought, what in the world am I going to do? When you didn't know what to do, you didn't know how to process it. You didn't know the dots to connect and what story God was trying to write. And see, Joseph leans on his character. The Bible says Joe was a righteous man. Now, it doesn't mean that righteous in this sense does not imply sinlessness. It doesn't mean that he was perfect. But it means he had a standard, a moral compass inside of him. I want to tell you this. Character is what will hold you through a crisis. You can't prepare for a crisis or emergency, but if you have developed your character, see, most people are concerned about their reputation. They don't give any mind to their character. You see, your character is who you are when nobody's watching. Your reputation is who you are when everybody's watching. You see, Mike Heyman has a reputation right now because everybody's watching. But ask Rachel about my character. She'll tell you. When, when nobody sees, when nobody, if you'll focus on your character, God will take care of your reputation. Joseph was a righteous man. He, he, he was a man that, that lived by the Old Testament scriptures and by oral tradition. It, it, you know, when you're righteous, it'll help you respond in the right way. Righteous people respond in the right way. It's the difference between thinking the worst and believing the best. Can I talk about this just for a moment? How many of you know human nature is to instinctively think the worst about people but it takes the spirit of God inside of us to believe the best about how many of you know social media is going to think the worst about somebody cancel shame jo Joseph didn't send out a message on Facebook his status was not shocked what am I going to do with this woman betrayed. Here I've been working on our house, minding my, he didn't go on a rant on social media. Come on, talk to me. You know, I think sometimes the church needs instructions on how to handle social media. You're not going to defeat stupid on a platform that promotes it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, it's getting thick up in here, boy. Yeah, some of you are like, Pastor is on one today. I'm just in the Christmas spirit. I'm feeling it. Why are you engaging in activity on social media thinking you're going to change somebody's mind? Only God can change somebody's heart. You know what the Holy Ghost needs you to do? Act right. Maybe it's the fruit of your life, and it's not some zinger, some statement, some, ooh, I roasted him. I put her in her place. Can I tell you what? You're not doing the kingdom of God any service. He didn't shame her publicly, but he thought about protecting her 
dignity. So he says, you know what, I'm just going to break this off quietly. When people hurt you and disappoint you, how, how do you handle it? Joseph, keep in mind, he had no emotional lead time whatsoever. I mean, wouldn't it have been awesome if God would have said, hey, Joe, before you go to Starbucks and have this meeting, let me give you a heads up about what's happening. He had no emotional lead time. There was no runway whatsoever. How many knows God won't always give you a heads up? What was God doing in Joseph's life? He was testing his character. Somebody say, this is a test. God was testing Joseph. Now, here's what's cool. Here's what I love about Joseph. I want you to write this down somewhere. Joseph's name means God adds. Yahweh adds. That's Joseph's name. The meaning of his name is Yahweh adds. Yet at this moment in Joe's life, it feels like it was nothing but one subtraction after another. Losing my wife, man, losing my house, losing my future, I'm losing my reputation. And what is God doing here? God is testing Joseph. You know, he had to make a decision. Am I going to save my reputation by ruining hers, or will I risk my reputation to protect hers? Can I tell you something about love? Love covers Selfishness exposes, but love covers. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, most important of all, continue to show great love for one another, for it's love that covers a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, 8, this is the gospel. The gospel is love covering, not exposing. How many of you know Jesus died on a cross to cover your sin, your guilt, your shame, your nakedness, your embarrassment? The blood of, of Jesus was shed on Calvary to cover you. It's love that covers a multitude of sins. See, Joseph's character showed that he could be trusted. Listen, let me tell you this. If Joseph couldn't have protected Mary in this vulnerable situation. Do you think God would have trusted Joseph to protect Jesus as a baby? Let me say this. God, in the incarnation, God couldn't make himself any bigger to impress us, so he made himself smaller to attract us. And the birth of a baby Oh, Jesus shows up. God in the flesh shows up in the vulnerability of a child. And Joseph demonstrates, I can handle this by protecting Mary. I will protect my son too. Now, look at what it says. Uh, we're, we're talking about his character. But look at the next verse, verse 20. As Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, notice he considered as he considered. That tells me that Joseph wrestled with what was happening. There was a, a process of he was deliberating in himself, trying to analyze, trying to understand. Uh, as we make decisions, it's important, it's important to seek the help of the Holy Spirit. When you're making choices, some of you are making decisions about money. Some of you are making decisions about a relationship. You're making decisions about your future. Uh, you're, you're making decisions about all these things. As you deliberate, 
Seek the help of the Holy Spirit because God will confirm the things that he's called you to do. Now, you're going to see this in this verse. In the next verse, you'll see the confirmation that Joseph needed. Some of you are making decisions today, and you need confirmation. It's okay to get confirmation. It's okay to say, God, would, would you show me? Would you confirm? Sometimes he does that through a scripture. Sometimes he does that in a conversation. Sometimes you'll be in prayer, and there'll be a sense of peace. God will confirm what you're supposed to do. God didn't just speak to Mary but he's about to speak to Joseph too. Husbands and wives, God will put you on the same page. You know, last weekend, 320 Sunday, when when we all gave, I was praying about what I needed to give. I was seeking God, and I told Rachel, I said, baby, you pray and I'll pray, and, and we'll see what the Holy Spirit is telling us on how to participate in this offering. And so we took several weeks to do that. And so finally, last Saturday before the 320 Sunday, I said, babe, has God given you anything as you're seeking him? What are you hearing from God? I think it's important, husbands and wives, Talk to each other about what God is speaking to you individually. He'll put you on the same page. She said, well, we gave this amount last year, and I feel God telling us to stretch our faith this year. I said, you know what? I was feeling the exact same thing. I don't want to give what we gave last year. Let's give even more. Do you have a number? She said, yes. I said, what is that number? She gave me the number. I'm like, that's exactly the number that God gave me. Now, if God had given me a bigger number than hers, listen, husbands and wives, if God gives you different numbers, go with the higher number. (laughs) Get on the same page. God will confirm what you're supposed to. He's going to put husbands and wives in unity. Can I have a good amen? A house divided cannot stand, Jesus says. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, this is important, do not be afraid. That's a word for somebody. Do not be afraid. Some of you don't know what to do with your life right now. You're making big decisions about 2022 and what's next, and there's a little fear attached to all the uncertainty, to the unknown. Listen, you may not be aware, but God is completely aware. He is sovereign, and he is in control. The first thing the angel of the Lord tells Joseph is, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. There's the confirmation that Joe needed, because Joe didn't know if Mary was crazy or not. When she says it's somebody else's baby, he's first thinking, well, man, she's unfaithful. When she says she's conceived by the Holy Spirit, he's now thinking, okay, you're, you're cra- you've lost it. But no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is confirming to Joseph the same thing that he said to Mary. Now, here's the second thing. I don't want you to fall asleep on this. We looked at his character, but number two, we're going to look at his history, okay? Don't fall asleep in the history lesson, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't fall asleep. Come on, punch somebody, elbow somebody right now. I'm going to give you some history here. How many of you, history is boring? How many of you just struggled, ST ruggled through history when you were in school? Okay, I'm going to go through this quickly. Do not fall asleep because this is awesome. I'm going to be that crazy history professor just for a moment. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. His history. Notice how the angel addressed Joseph. He said, Joseph, son of David. 
That was important. Don't, don't, don't just zoom past that. Why did Matthew's gospel, Matthew's writing to a Jewish audience, why did he identify the, the, the lineage of Joseph? He's the son of David. Why is this important? Because it, for those of you who understand a little bit of biblical history, you'll understand the term the Davidic covenant. There was a covenant that God made with King David. And God said it in First in Kings and also in First in Chronicles. He spoke to him saying that a descendant from your family will always sit on the throne of Israel. In other words, this was a prophetic reference in the Old Testament of a coming Messiah that would rule and reign over the people of God. He had to be a descendant of David. Now listen, Jesus had to be both biologically and legally a descendant of David to be the promised Messiah. If you read Luke's gospel, he gives you Mary's descendant. And, 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 and he speaks of Mary as being a descendant of David. But Jesus would have had no legal claim to the throne through Mary. Joseph, in a legal sense, had to be a part of the process. That's why Matthew gives you Joseph's bloodline. Joseph, in a sense, adopting Jesus as his son would have given Jesus the legal claim to be qualified as king. Are you with me? Okay, now let me shift gears here. It's also noted some 750 years before Jesus' birth. In, in the book of Micah, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, there's a prophetic utterance that says this, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, there were two Bethlehems back in the ancient day, but this is a specific Bethlehem in Judah, but you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Now, now, this verse is quoted in three out of the four Gospels. Now, we're seeing the, the lineage of, of the, the descendants of David and how both Mary and Joseph are in that. Micah prophesies that a ruler will come from Bethlehem. How in the world? Now, we all know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But he was from Nazareth. Mary and Joseph lived in Nazareth. How in the world, you know, some 178 kilometers from Nazareth, how would they get to Bethlehem? Well, the gospel, the, the, Christ, the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 says it this way. It says, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Verse 3. All returned to their own ancestral towns to be registered for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Now, I, I know I've kind of given you a bunch of random facts, but let me tie this together. In the Old Testament, there are so many prophetic utterances of a coming Messiah. And it was important, not only the lineage that he came from, but where he was to be born. Do you know that from Genesis to Malachi, there are 60 major prophetic references to the Messiah? 60. 
There are probably 250 different, uh, maybe minor or indirect references, but 60 major prophecies concerning the Messiah. The probability of Jesus fulfilling just eight out of those 60 prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th power. One in 10 to the 17th power. That is one followed by 17 zeros, okay? So look at that number on the screen. The probability of Jesus simply fulfilling eight out of the 60 is one in 10 to the 17th power. Just eight. Now, let me, let me, let me give you a visual. That's like the state of Texas. The big, how many, anybody from Texas? Uh, all right. <laughs> the stars at night are big and bright. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Big old state from Orange, Texas to El Paso, from Amarillo by morning down to McAllen. If you were, man, I'm singing all over this message today, aren't I? If you were to take silver dollars and you were to stack them two feet high, all across the state of Texas, if you were to mark one out of all those multiple millions upon millions of coins and mix them up, the chances of Jesus fulfilling eight out of the 60 are the same chances that a blindfolded man from Orange, Texas, walking through to El Paso could be able to pick out of all those silver dollars that one marked coin. And yet Jesus fulfilled more than eight out of 60. He fulfilled them all. In fact, let me say it this way. It is a mathematical impossibility for Jesus not to be the Messiah. Come on, do you, are you catching this today? You say, Mike, why is all this so important? Here's why. God knows what he's doing. I want you to hear this. God knows what he's doing, and every word he speaks will come to pass. Every prophetic utterance in this book, it's going to happen. If it has yet to happen, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. God's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. But if he says it, he will do it. And if he's spoken it, he will make it good. Come on. Whatever God has spoken over your life, you hold to this book. You see, Joseph was a man of character but he was also a man of rich history. He had no idea as a descendant of David and going to Bethlehem that night would give birth and fulfillment to so many Old Testament prophecies. God knows what he's doing. Let, let me finish this up. Are you catching this? Okay, let me finish. Everybody stayed awake during the history lesson? I got two minutes left. Look at verse 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, boom, okay. Joseph wakes up, what does he do? He did as the angel 
of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. He did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And he named, he, Joseph named him Jesus. The last thing I want you to see is this. Not, not only his character and, and his history, but notice Joe's obedience. Joe obeyed God even when he didn't understand. Joseph didn't have all the information. He obeyed God anyway. See, sometimes God doesn't need to explain himself to convince you to do the right thing. Obey God. Even when you can't connect the dots and when it doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Listen to me. Listen to me. Joseph has this dream from the angel which confirms what Mary had said. I'm sure Joe had friends that thought, Joe, that's silly. For real? That dream makes no sense whatsoever. I'm sure he had family members that say, no, you don't want to marry that girl. That girl crazy. She, I've never heard anything like that in my life. Look at her family where she comes from. You better drop her like a dirty shirt. He probably had friends and family that told him, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Can I tell you this? For some of you, Obeying God will cost you some close friends and even some family. But Joseph knew God's plan for me is bigger than my own understanding. Oh, hear me, church. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. God's plan for you is bigger than what you could possibly think. When you let others create your world for you, they will always create it so small. Don't let friends and family box you in to what they think is best for you. Live your life in obedience to God and watch him enlarge your world bigger than you could imagine. See, listen. Jesus is born, and we know about angels and shepherds and wise men. We're going to talk about the star at Christmas. On Christmas Eve, we're going to talk about a star is born. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to preach it. But guess what? The Bible says Joseph named this child Jesus. Not Joe Jr. Like, okay, God, I mean, come on. At least with all that you put me through, give me naming rights. Joseph means God adds. What felt like a subtraction when Joseph obeyed God. Whew, look at what came into his life. Jesus means Yahweh saves. Saves. And he wasn't just the Savior of the world but he was the savior of Joseph himself. Think about it. Oh, Joe had to adopt Jesus and say, okay, I'm not the biological father, but I'm going to adopt him as my own. And Jesus tells Joseph, okay, I'm going to adopt you into my kingdom. Jesus started his time on earth kind of getting adopted and embraced into this family, and we will spend our time in eternity being adopted and embraced 
by Jesus himself. Isn't this awesome? Joseph, did you know? Well, now the whole world knows. Now you know. Do you see it? Do you see what heaven sees? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.